Hello, my dear friends. Welcome back to Tea Time with Trish. This is the first episode of season two, and what a thrill it is to be able to say that. I'm so glad to have each one of you here and to have the privilege of bringing these conversations to you. As I record this now, it is the end of August 2021, but these conversations were actually recorded in late spring and early summer. I don't know how these past few months managed to fly by, but they did. So while I do kind of wish I'd been able to get them ready for your listening enjoyment sooner, I also do try to practice what I preach, and that meant that this summer was getting as much pool time for my little man and I as we could. And work too. As many of you know, I'm a makeup artist and I do makeup for weddings, which resumed the summer in full force. So it was work and play and trying to find a rhythm, which as soon as we seem to settle into one has to change because a new season is beginning. You know, for a while, it almost felt like things were uh, getting back to, dare I say, normal. But now, as the Delta variant of COVID rages across the country, natural disasters wreak havoc on lives here in the U.S. and chaos unfolds in Afghanistan, I'm reminded, yet again, that the world that we live in is broken. It is broken, friends, but we are not without hope. And Tea Time with Trish was born in the midst of the craziness of 2020, so it's only fitting that we gather now to remember where our hope comes from and to encourage each other to be a light in dark spaces as we make our way forward through the rest of this year and beyond. Well, if you're a new listener, you just got a taste of how quickly we can go deep here on Tea Time with Trish, so welcome! And to those of you who have been on this journey with me since this was an Instagram chat show in my kitchen, welcome back! You are going to love Season 2, and especially this first episode, because I am joined by someone who has spent a lot of time thinking about what it means to bring light to darkness on multiple levels. Our guest today is Claire Urig, the creator of Better Things Candle Company, and she is going to give you so many good things to talk about. I was introduced to Claire via Instagram because she did a series of Enneagram candles. And those of you who uh, listened to season one know what a helpful tool the Enneagram has been in my life. But then I was quickly charmed by how Claire navigates social media. Her heart for what she does shines in everything she shares. Her tagline for her business is light in dark places, because that's what candles do. But it also sums up what Claire is seeking to do with her online platform to glorify God and bring his light to those she influences. So Claire has a new line of candles coming out this week on August 27th. I am so excited. And they pay homage to one of my very favorite series of books. You, my listeners, are smart cookies, so I know you will get it when I tell you that they are the Wizard School series. Now, I already know what house the sorting hat would place me in, but I realize I'm just going to be ordering the whole set because there's a unique fragrance for each of the four houses and their descriptions all sound incredible. But, you know, we don't only talk about candles in this episode, friends, because when do I ever limit conversations to one topic? (laughs) I can't. And it's so fun to see where talking with each guest leads us. Today, you will hear us discuss being mompreneurs and how we launched businesses after becoming mothers, also how we battle postpartum issues, and we offer hope for that. So 
It might be a little sensitive, but I want you to be encouraged by what we share. And then lest you think we don't know how to have any fun, we also managed to draw a direct line between strawberry shortcake and patchouli oil. And the secret to that connection is, well, I guess you will have to listen to find out what that connection is. As always, I will post links for you in the show notes. So if you want to come back and um, access a list of podcast books or products we discuss, it will all be in one place. I'm also adding a highlight to my Instagram page so you can find that. And if you haven't already, press pause. Go right now to claireurig.com slash better things. And Claire is spelled C-L-A-I-R-E, last name Urig, U-R-I-G, claireurig.com slash better things. Or you could just hop onto Instagram and search Better Things Candle Company. And then I want you to order at least one candle or all four in the Wizard School series um, and check out her other collections too because they are truly special. As I speak right now, I'm burning my SPF 70 from her summer collection and I, I wish I could come up with the proper words to describe the perfect balance of tropical deliciousness and warmth. It just is so evocative. Now, after you order your very own Better Things candle, come back and listen to my conversation with mompreneur Claire Urich because it's going to give you a dose of hope and light I know that we all need right now. So I'm burning one of your candles um, as we speak, which is making my house feel nice and cozy. And I was first introduced to you by Melissa Zaldivar, and she is a writer and she posted that her friend made these amazing candles. And so the one I'm burning is an Enneagram seven. And I think we could probably have multiple conversations today. We can talk about the Enneagram. We can talk about Harry Potter. We're going to get into all different things, but (laughs) the name of your company is better things. So I would love to hear when the better things journey started. Yeah. So gosh, better things candle company. The story is kind of wild in the sense that, um, I had suffered from pretty intense postpartum depression after um, the birth of my son. He is almost two years old now. Um, And just a lot of other things going on in life, as well as just some postpartum things not going as smoothly as I thought they might or hoped they would. And alongside that, obviously, a global pandemic, (laughs) you know, just casual, Um, but also just some other life events and things that made it really difficult. We were concerned about some health issues we thought um, my son had was having and I eventually started getting the help that I needed. It it took me a while to realize how bad it had gotten. And um, once I finally got help, uh, just a couple short months after that, I just started feeling like I kind of want to make something. Like I felt like I wanted to make something beautiful and share it with the world. It was like I was getting energy again and I was feeling alive again. And um, my passion as actually an Enneagram 4, but someone who appreciates beauty, I always wanted to make beauty, but I never kind of knew like what my niche would be, if that makes sense. Or if I could even do the thing I thought up in my head, you know, I always feel like I have these grand ideas and it's like, I'm going to do knitting. No, I'm going to do this. No, I'm you know, um, and never felt like I could really land on something. And so it was literally a random day in November. I think it was November 11th. I went to go check my Facebook post and I, I said, um, if I made candle samples, would anybody want some, like literally just toss that out there. And I got so many responses so fast that I was like, I think I'm starting a candle company. Like that's literally, that's literally. I love that. 
so um so i started making samples over uh the thanksgiving holiday when my sister we were all at home at my parents house and um, my sister's like okay let's do this so we made three different candle samples and sent them out to like over 150 people um and it just kind of went from there and all of a sudden i was like i think i have a candle company like <laughs> this is great i mean it was crazy so okay well, let's back up a little bit because yeah. I think um, I didn't realize that was part of your story was yeah. struggling with postpartum. And I want anyone who's listening to realize that if you if you had a baby or if you know someone who's pregnant, I did not read a lot in the pregnancy books about postpartum because I thought yeah. not going to happen to me. I want to have a kid. This is a wanted pregnancy. Like I've been to a therapist before. I would get help if I needed it. And the yeah. way I felt after my son was born, I, I wouldn't have called it depression. I didn't know that what I had was postpartum anxiety and it took me two years to get help. So I'm glad that you sounds like if you got to that point of wanting to feel creative and stuff that you reached out sooner, but I hope that anyone listening would just know that it's, it's always better to reach out and, and get help, like talk to, you know, maybe just start by letting a friend in on what you're going through because however dark it feels there, there is goodness on the other side. And I want to, we'll talk more about how this journey has showed you like some of the good that is on the other side of, of pain and yeah, whether it's postpartum or not. Um, so I wanted to mention that because I feel like sometimes people listen and go, Oh, this will pass, but it will, but it'll pass sooner if you get help and it doesn't have to be a struggle. I like, I feel like for me, I didn't have to struggle as long as I did, but I felt alone at the time. So yes. And, and sometimes, honestly, you don't even really know what's happening. You think, is this normal? Maybe every new mom feels this way. Maybe right. they're all, maybe we're all this anxious and we're all this sad and, and we're all this irritable and angry. You know, I feel like uh, luckily I, I mean, l- not luckily for them, but I have had friends who have gone through it before I did. And so I think I knew some of the signs, but I okay. also kept thinking, um, I think like you said, like, surely this will pass, surely this will pass. And then eventually just being like, I have to, I have to get help. Yeah. And I just thought if I would get more sleep, I would feel better, but then I couldn't sleep well because my brain wouldn't turn off. Yeah. And so it just kept, you know, compounding. Yeah. So that's, and so yeah, whether, even if you don't have a little one, just keep tabs on your friends. Cause it was a good friend of mine who just, yeah. and she's, she's older. She's like an older mentor, but she just watched me and she like got me involved in things and asked questions and paid attention. And that we talk a lot on this, um, podcast about community and living together, you know, and friendships. And so it will look different in different parts of your life, but I didn't want to gloss over that because I think something that you and I share is that something new was birthed after we had a kid, like new creative endeavors were birthed. And I think that happens for people, but, um, but sometimes the pain has to come first. And I just, I like, whenever I can make a plug to tell someone like, reach out, get help. It's important yeah. to do that. Get help, do it. So, okay. Now you said you asked people if they wanted to have a candle sample and then you were making them. How does one even get like, wh- what did you do? Did you go to Hobby Lobby? Like what, where'd you get stuff to make candles? Okay. This is also, I think something that God was kind of like a song playing in the background of my life in the sense that I've, I, I think the Lord gives us, um, you know, uh, little hints in our lives as to what we are made for. And I think, um, sometimes we pay attention and sometimes we don't, you know, 
And for me, obviously what I think I'm made for the most is to follow God, love him, love my family, love others. Um, but I think he gives us little hints, like what do you particularly find beautiful, right? What do you find compelling? What brings joy to your heart that you're like, hey, I don't think other people get as excited about this. What's going on? You know, what's going on? You know, um, and for me, it was always like fragrance and candles and even lotion and stuff like that. And I mean, you can kind of chalk that up to maybe like, yeah, okay, well, you're a girl and you like lotion, big whoop, right? But, but not everyone cares about it as much. Right, and and for me, I always just was kind of amazed at the power of scent, um, what it does for us. I mean, it's the biggest trigger for memory on planet Earth, right? I mean, a woman can wear perfume on her wedding day, never wear it again, and if she smells it, she's right back there, right? Yep. So I think that was always just really powerful for me. Um, when I was four, uh, my mom always laughs because I had a babysitter. I was four years old. And the first thing I said to her, like literally crawled on her lap and smelled her hair and go, you smell good. And my mom was like, oh my gosh, my daughter is such a weirdo, you know? And I'm just like smelling our babysitter. And my mom's like, oh. I used to freak people out in elevators because they would get on and I would know what perfume they were wearing. And I didn't think like looking back, I realized why they would look at me like you little freak. But I just thought like, isn't, don't you like knowing that someone appreciates your scent? Exactly. Exactly. So, so, you know, I think that in a way is kind of how I was led to even look into this. I mean, I, honestly, probably for six or seven years, I would occasionally look up videos, how to make candles, like literally out of the blue, just kind of like, huh, that would be fun. You know, I, okay. I and it, but it never quite felt like I was, I never had the thought I'm going to start a candle company. I was like, I should try to make some of those for friends, but I never like really did it, you know? And so when I realized, I think I'm doing this, I, got online and just did research, like what kind of wax do people use? Where do I buy it? You know, and ordered what I thought was enough and it wasn't enough. So I had to order more. Um, but now I know a whole bunch of suppliers, obviously, but at the time, um, I just went with one company I found online and my sister helped me and we made a bunch of samples. So, and had, how long ago was that? So that, so November 11th was when I posted, like, I think I'm going to make candle samples. Mind you, at this point, I had nothing in my house. But what year? Like November of 2020? Yes. Yes. Literally like five days ago, not five days, ago, <laughs> but like in 2020, right after, you know, my postpartum depression was lifting. We're obviously deep in a global pandemic. And, and, um, I was like, you know, everybody's making bread. Everybody's making like making, what do they call those things for, um, uh, kombucha, right? It's like the, mother oh, yes. <laughs> which I'm like, first of all, that name is just too much for me. But, um, but I think for me, I was kind of like, I'm going to make something, you know? And again, I was, I was seeing, you know, the sun above the trees. Finally, I felt like birds were singing again. I felt like I was breathing again. And I thought, um, I think this could be fun. Did I think it would turn into what it's turned into? Absolutely not. But you, but like, I love that phrase that you said, it was a song playing in the background of your life. Yeah. And the fact that I, I don't I, like, that's just perfect. And when you start to pay attention to that, that's when like the richness, when you can start to feel like your life is interwoven, you know, yeah. and yeah. it's all coming together because you're honoring the way that God made you. And, Absolutely. and so when, when we read surface level advice that says like, follow your passion, it doesn't mean <laughs> It's so much deeper than that because it's like, it, it might still be hard work, but you were made for that specific thing. And so it will be hard work that will be rewarding. Doors will be opened. 
because you were made to shine a particular light in the world and you just have to be willing to let it shine. Yeah. Wow. Does that line up with candles? I, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't plan that. It's just That's how nice. I feel. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I guess I want to know like how your, if your faith has informed mm-hmm. your mission with your company at all, because you yeah. mentioned that, that once you finally started paying attention to that song, you just, it kind of took off. Now that you have a business, you have a logo, like you, you have different collections. Yeah. Do you feel like your faith still plays into that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it, it plays into everything. I think that, um, I mean, that's both like the floor and the ceiling for me is the best way I can explain it. I feel like it is, it's like the ground, it's like the roots. It's, it's my faith in Jesus is like where everything grows from. And then I feel like he is also, you know, my ceiling in the sense that like, I'm always wanting to, how can I serve and bless other people with the thing that I'm doing? And how can I kind of reach higher to, to bless other people and to lift, lift them up, um, to see his face more clearly, to see what he is calling them to do. Um, it's like the whole room is the best way I can explain mm-hmm. it. It's the room I'm in. And that is the atmosphere I'm breathing is just hopefully always his love and what he's calling me to. And, um, really it sounds kind of strange or silly or contrite, but it, for me, it's, it's very real. I'm making little lights that point to the light for me. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. You know, there's my kind of tagline is light in dark places. And of course, as a candle, that's literal, that's figurative, yeah. that's a million different things. Um, but for me, I think obviously coming out of postpartum depression and starting this business, but also just, you know, life, death, resurrection, that's the pattern, you know, yeah. that is the pattern of winter and springtime. It's the pattern. I mean, God's written it all over creation and in our own lives and obviously in, you know, the story of Christ too. So I think for me, um, I'm always just wanting to create something that points to the light that can't go out, right? Candles mm-hmm. can go out. There's only one light that can't be overcome. And that's, that's what I'm pointing to. Yeah. What has surprised you most since November? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, you know, there is something incredible and incredibly humbling about making something beautiful or that you really feel like is beautiful and matters Mm -hmm. and having somebody else say that's beautiful and that matters. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I, you don't want to ever hang your hat on that in the sense that like, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I know that through Christ, I have God's approval and that's the approval that I need at the same time we're image bearers. We're meant to make and share beauty. And, and when you do what you do, and I acknowledge the beauty that you're putting into the world. And when I do what I do and you say, gosh, that is beautiful. Like that is for me. Right. And not my stuff's not going to be for everybody. The stuff Mm -hmm. you make is not going to be for everybody. The way you do makeup is not going to be everybody's style. Right. Right. That's actually really good and wonderful because that means somebody else will be what they need. And God's going to provide that for them through that person. Um, but just being, it's, it's almost like when people, you know, give me feedback about my candles and how much they're enjoying them. I just feel like, wow, what an incredible gift that I can make something that makes other people see and experience beauty. That to me is just, it blows. It is so humbling to me. Yeah. That that has surprised me how much that has, um, impacted me. Well, and I think that's a mark of someone who is, 
doing what they're called to do with the right priorities, because it's a humble privilege. Like you acknowledge how much you love to do it and that you derive joy from doing it, but that it's an incredible privilege to be able to do like what lights you up and have it spread joy to other people. And I think that's a good indicator that you're living in alignment. And I love that you said like, your, your main calling is to bring glory to God and to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. I was listening to, um, Jasmine Holmes and her podcast, um, co-host, her name's Portia. And I can't think of her last name, but their podcast (laughs) is called like sweet tea and, or like on the porch with sweet tea. And they were saying, we lose sight of things when we start to say, my calling is this. Like, if I say my calling is makeup, it's like, or cause they were discussing it, particularly in motherhood where we yeah, get into yeah. these mommy wars and it's like, oh. my main calling is not to be a mom. My main calling is to bring glory to God right now in this season. Part of that involves parenting a, as of today, a third grader, um, who's reading Wait, a book right behind me, wild. but <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah. But I think that I, I, I just want other, like maybe new makers or new creators to hear that, that it's, it will always be um, a privilege to do it, but then you also want to be aware of, like, you always want to keep that humility because it yeah. won't be for everyone, but right. you'll find, you'll find the people. And if you're walking in alignment with God in your calling, I think, like I said before, like the doors will open that need to open. Yeah. And, and I like that you said that, you know, like it isn't, I don't think, yeah, I don't think my calling is making candles. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't even think that my calling is, um, anything that you could necessarily write down super clearly and put on a resume, right? Like a vocation or a career. Yeah. My calling is like following God where he's leading me and telling other people about how incredible and amazing he is. And, um, and if that includes candles right now, amen, I'm thrilled. I love this. Right. Yeah. But, But if that was taken away from me, Um, I would be devastated. I love this. I'm not going to lie. Right. I love this. But if God said, Hey, we're done with this, I'd be like, okay, we're done with this. I'm still your daughter, Lord. I'm still loved. My value is not dependent upon if these candles sell or not. If I get likes on Instagram or not, if, if I get enough DM messages to keep the algorithm happy, that's, I mean, we can get caught up in all these little things that we think, Oh my gosh, God, you gave me this business. So obviously you want me to grow the business. So let me do it the way the world. I mean, you can see how that can get really weird, really fast. Yes. And I want to talk about this because I think that that's a tension that we live in as people who have to use social media. And you, I mean, I've, I love your Instagram. I think you, you use it quote unquote, the way it's supposed to be used. You use it to interact with your audience. You use it to share new products. But I think the only way to healthily engage with it is to know that sometimes you'll be putting out really good content and feel like you're getting very few likes or interaction. And if that was what you were hanging your self-worth on, you, your self-esteem would be in the toilet because, and it's not like, I can say all this, but I have to preach it to myself because there's sometimes where it's like, but that was the prettiest picture I've ever posted and three people liked it and nobody shared it. And, you know, but that's, I have to remind myself that, okay, today, this was not what I expected. This is not, this is not what makes me, me. It's what I get to do right now. And I can stay in balance. What do you have to do to remind yourself that it's a tool and not the most important thing? I guess talking about Instagram specifically. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is that it was, I feel like only recently 
where, and I mean, I feel like there's this corner of Instagram that I don't really know much about, but I know happens like buying followers and, you know, Russian bots and all sorts of, all sorts of things I'm not, you know, involved in. And, and I think you, you have to remember it is, you know, it's called social media, but how social is it sometimes, right? Like how social is a like, like, let's just throw that out there. Right. In the sense that like, that's me saying, yeah, I like that, but I'd rather talk to you in my DMs. I mean, I'd rather talk to you in person. Let's be honest. You yes. know what I mean? yes. But but the way social media functions is the best thing that happens on that platform is me talking in DMs with people or them telling me about, you know, oh my gosh, this candle reminded me of this in my grandmother's house. And I, I was crying and all this stuff where I'm like, this is pretty freaking amazing Yep. Right? that I can connect with these people one-on-one. And I, I think it was only real, like recently that I had this switch happen where it was like, I was like, oh man, it'd be great to get 10,000 followers and get the swipe up, right? Because that's great for a store. I mean, it would be so helpful. It would be so helpful. But, but the Lord's like, you don't need swipe up. You need to love people in front of you. (laughs) Like my hands are up because amen. I thought of that. Like it would be so much easier to share. Oh, here's my favorite mascara. Just swipe up. And then I felt like God was like, Trisha, you just take, serve the people, serve who you can serve, serve who's right in front of you. If someone wants to know what to order, they can send you a message or an email. My, my ways of communicating are not taken away. And I need to remove those like benchmarks that are false. Like it's not, it's not, if I hit 10,000, then I would, I would want the next number or something. So it's like, just stop. Don't chase in that race. Right. Yeah. You can, you can actually jump out of the hamster wheel and the world's not going to fall apart. Right. Good news. You can get off and breathe and like, let your platform be what it's going to be and make the focus like serving and loving the people in front of you. Right. And I, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm just so encouraged by, by people on this platform. And I know it's silly and I know it's not like real life friendship. It's not exactly the same, but that doesn't mean, I mean, if someone's talking to me, what's my job in that moment, interact with them, bless them, serve them how I can not make them buy a candle, not right. Like, I think we can get so hyper-focused that it's like, we're thinking, okay, but I do have to make a profit. Oh my gosh. I put so much money into this. Oh my gosh. And we start kind of panicking. Right. And I just feel like God's not a God of panic, right? We don't, (laughs) he's not freaking out. Like it says in the Bible, Jesus is seated, which means he's like calm about this, about everything. Right about everything. He's, he's not pacing at the right hand of the father. He <laughs> imagine, is... imagine he's pacing about Instagram. I think not. Okay. I think N-O-T. I do not think that is happening. So, so for me, it's like, what is my call to love people well and to point them to him? And so if, if I'm doing that in my business, um, and again, that's going to look different with different type, whatever you're selling or whatever you're you know promoting or whatever you're creating, that's going to look different. But I just told myself, Hey, you don't have to serve the algorithm, serve the people in front of you. Yes. I want to, I want that on a sign. Like I just need to put it somewhere and be reminded of that because you're spot on. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I was going to say, speaking of people in front of you, I think you have really niched yourself well. And Mm -hmm. so you're in the subset of Instagram for people who love candles and then (laughs) the subset of candle lovers who also like the Enneagram. And then that Venn diagram of overlap is the Enneagram and Harry Potter. So I, so I, you said you're an Enneagram four. Yeah. Is that the dreamer or the artist? What's your, well, it, I think it's called the romantic sometimes mm-hmm. also known as like the individualist. Um, yeah. So I'm an Enneagram four and I, uh, it didn't take me long <laughs> Like when I to read realize it. that. Yeah. 
um, when I read it. And I think what I like appreciate about the Enneagram too is that it's not, um, it's not like happy clappy. Like when you read about your description of the Enneagram, it's like, this is how you might be great. And also this is how you're a mess. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what- Encouraged by that weirdly, because I yeah. feel like it's like, this is realistic, right? Like yes. this is helpful, you know? I agree. And it's yeah. ways that you could potentially grow and be better. And I've seen, even just having the language to talk about it, I think helped me and have moved, like I interviewed an Enneagram coach over the summer. And we were talking about how like in health, you move to a different number. Yeah. And so like we were talking about before we started recording, I, I overdid, like I overplanned this weekend. There's, there's too many things going on and they're all yeah. wonderful things, but I have gotten so much better at not doing that. I guess I've like leaned into the five and I'm very much not functioning as a five right now. I'm like a hyper seven wing six. It's like, I'm Robin Williams over here, just going nuts. And so I, I just think it's such a helpful tool. And I like that you said that, that it's not, it's not a funny personality test of like, here's why you're awesome. It's right. Hey, here's some things that are great about you. Here's your shadow side. And yeah. how are you, how are you going to use what you now know to make the world a better place or function yes. better as yourself? Exactly. So then what's your Harry Potter house? Ravenclaw. Yes. Wit beyond measure is man's greatest treasure. What's up? And I mean, who doesn't just like blue? Let's be honest. It's all, it's all good. So you have a two-year-old you said? I, yeah, he's almost two. Okay. Wait until he gets to school age and you start seeing the other kids in his grade that are Harry Potter fans because they will wear shirts. And I've had the best conversations with other kids who will love that there's a mom who wants to geek out with them about the house they're in and different characters. It only gets better, Claire. Well, I, I mean, I was, I was the kid who was 11 at the midnight droppings of all the books and I was, I was, and then our, my friends would have a sleepover. We'd stay up and just read on the couch until we like fell over. I mean, just, wow. What a time. I love that. I'm on the older cycle of it. And so my, I don't know that I would have gotten into it if I didn't have younger siblings, Yeah. but yeah. my sisters were into it. And so I was like, Hey, I'll read the first one. And then because the books grow with you, I'm so excited to introduce them to Jack, because I think in a lot of ways it, they're like the Lord of the Rings for our generation where whether or not you like fantasy or wizards or dwarves yep. or anything else there, I've already used examples from Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and yes. Chronicles of Narnia yes. to talk through very hard real life situations. Yep. And if we can use story, it's so helpful. So I loved now, wait, the Enneagram candles are out because I'm burning my seven, but have the Harry Potter candles launched? No. And technically Trish, we can't call them Harry Potter candles. Oh my gosh. I, what did I, okay. Let's Don't change that. Dude. Thanks. Um, it's called the wizard school series. Wizard school. I love it. I'm down. Okay. Where can I enroll? That's so smart. Yeah, please, please do enroll. You already know your house. So you don't even need a sorting hat. Um, but here <laughs> I'm, my plan is for them to come out around August because I'm launching my summer um, series here in the middle of June. And then I'm going to need a breather and then, yeah. um, and then those will be coming out, but they're, they're going to be really fun. It's the first candles I'm making where there's going to be some color in them. Um, cause my thing is kind of just simple, beautiful, aesthetic, clean. And I was like, but this is, this is wizard school series. And I feel like we need a bit of judge. And so mm -hmm. 
there's going to be a little bit of colored wax at the bottom just to be fun that matches each house and it's going to be a blast so and I saw you did that was a clever way that you used Instagram because you pulled your followers to say would you want wax on the bottom or what was the yeah. other option glitter on the top yeah and I you know I'm all there here's the thing and this is a, just a business lesson in general I feel like when you have a small business no you can't make everyone happy but I am serving the people in front of me, right? Does that mean that I'm ever going to bend ethically? No, because that's insane. Does that mean I'm ever going to be like, stop talking about my faith because it makes somebody, no. But I am making products for people. Right. I'm, I'm serving what, so I want to know, what do you guys want to see, right? Because yeah. I want you to be happy when you're burning my candles. That's the goal. I want to know how you got good at combining scents. Mm. Like, what was that trial and error like? Yeah. Honestly, um, <laughs> well, that kind of goes back to the very beginning of it. I, the first thing that came to mind for me was like, you know what we need? And it, this was at the end of 2020. So I'm, you know, just making candles for the first time. And I'm talking with my sister and I had literally, this is how I did it. I got online onto the candle supplier that I knew about. And I went through all 400 of their fragrances and read like every, like a crazy person and read almost every single description to say, which one of these would I even ever want to use? Right. Yeah. And I'm feeling overwhelmed. Cause I'm like, at that point, I'm like, I'm making three candles, but if this turns into something and I had no idea. Right. But I'm like, if people like this and I want to make more at this point, I'm thinking for friends and family, you know, not as a business necessarily. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm going to want to have a list of scents that I might buy in the future. Right. Yeah. So I'm reading the descriptions. I'm like, this sounds good. That doesn't sound good. This sounds good. That doesn't sound good. And I was talking to my sister. I'm like, and I want to make one This. I was like, I think I said, I need it to smell like hope. <laughs> she was like, okay, good luck. <laughs> Cause I was like, we need a candle for a new year and we all need a new start after yeah. this disaster, this dumpster fire. Right. Yeah. So, um, and I was like, I want to smell happy, but not too fruity. And the two scents I ended up putting together, that was kind of my first trial and error. And I 100% thought it would be error. And that was for the candle 2021. And it's my favorite candle still. Um, and what so are those two scents? The, it's bergamot. So what's in Earl Grey tea? Yes. And then, um, technically a, uh, I believe the fragrance oil is actually some sort of a sugared cronut. Yes. Like a croissant and a donut. I know, okay. but you would think mixed with bergamot, how odd it's no, yeah. it sounds like brunch to me, <laughs> a cronut and Earl Grey tea. Like, hello. <laughs> it's, it's so bright, but it's also rooted. So it, it really fit the story I was trying to tell. Mm. And I would say overall, that is what I'm doing. When I'm looking up fragrances online, I'm thinking, what story do I want to tell? And how can I do that with fragrance? And, you know, this sounds good in my head, but I have to order little samples and I have little, um, it's like what they spray perfume on when you go mm -hmm. to, you know, and I just dip them in the oil and I'll put them together and I'll kind of wave them in front of my nose and be like, okay, that's not good. Let me put in more of this one, or let me dip this further down the stick. So it's like, I'm getting the idea of like three fourths of this and one fourth of the, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, and so I order, a, I order a lot. I have a lot of little one ounce samples that I keep in. I did keep, but I have too many now. I bought one of those things they put at uh, manicurist shops on the wall where you can put, you know, little nail polishes. I basically just keep my oils lined up. Um, and I order more all the time when I'm ordering full size oils to make candles. I'll be like, I wonder what that smells like. Maybe I'll use that for my fall line. Huh? I wonder if I mix that with this and then I'll order a sample of that just to see how they go together. Um, and I think you always have to keep in mind. It's almost like a writer and my sister is a writer. And so for me, 
I'm like writing stories with wax is what I say, you know, like fragrance and it sounds kind of bizarre, but that's to me, I'm like, what is the message I want to get? Where do I want somebody to go when they burn this candle? What do I want them to feel? Um, and that's where I start. I I love this so much. I want to come and see this fragrance wall. This is, you know, (laughs) if you think about other options that you had in life that you like maybe closed the door on before you realized too early. Like I, one of the avenues I wish I had gone down was being better in chemistry. Cause I would have loved to like work as a perfumer and go oh. into that side of cosmetics. Yes. And I have books about it. And oh. you know, when you find people that are interested in similar things, it's so funny, the little rabbit trails that you can go yes. down talking about like what certain scents bring up. And I think, like you said, it's the most evocative of all our senses. So even people who would say like, I'm not into smells, it's like, yeah, but if I had you smell something, it would, it would transport you to a certain time and place. They are very deeply rooted in our memories and our experiences. Absolutely. Uh, Very, very powerfully. So I didn't put this in the questions, but if you, could you name like three to five surprise, um, like, signature sense throughout your life that transport you to a certain place? Oh man. Wow. Oh, the first, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, strawberry shortcake doll. Yes. Um, (laughs) that smell of pink plastic (laughs) and it is very saccharine actually. It's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm avoiding, but in, in my company, but in the sense that like, man, is that powerful, right? Yep. It's that, that smell reminds you of play and it reminds you of, gosh, it's like, and, and this is the thing that's powerful to me about fragrance too. Sometimes words can't touch it. Yeah. And like, even as I'm sitting here, I'm not even telling you about a beautiful scent. It's not like strawberry shortcake actually smells legitimately delicious. Like, I mean, the real strawberry shortcake does, but like the toy doesn't, it's just so linked in my mind to carefree afternoons. Right. And before my dad came home, my mom's cooking in the kitchen and I'm playing in the living room. Right. And I, I, I've got the plastic up next to my face because I'm snuggling or whatever I'm doing. Right. And so that for me is, is definitely one. I think toy smells in general are really mm-hmm. strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a bunch of toys and, um, they, I, at least when I was younger, everything was scented, right? The markers were scented, the, and I know that's all coming back, you know, but almost every toy had a distinct smell intentionally. So. Well, you'll, you'll appreciate this. And then I want to hear two other scent memories yeah. of yours, but we, so I was a child, I was born in 81. So like peak eighties toys to all the stuff that's back at target. Now rainbow, bright, my little pony, he-man, my brother got a he-man castle from someone and it, (laughs) it smelled so strong and I didn't know what it smelled like. It wasn't the plastic smell. What I have realized now as an adult, (laughs) because I was like, God, this toy smells so strong. And my mom didn't know what it was. Oh my God. Someone, someone must have spilled an, a bottle of patchouli oil all over this thing. Oh my gosh. I didn't know what that smell was till I got to college and walked into like a university bookstore and went, oh my gosh, it's the castle of Grayskull. What, what do I smell here? And it was like, it was patchouli incense. And I put two and two together. Like the people that lived next door had a lot of fun accessories and spilled their patchouli oil. So that is like a super strong scent memory. I can't do perfumes with patchouli in them. I don't know if it's (laughs) He-Man's fault, but I can't. (laughs) 
Even things that maybe we might have liked before, if it's linked to something, it's kind of like how, you know, if you, if you're married and your, your husband had an ex-girlfriend with the name Jamie, like, sorry, you're not naming your kid, Jamie, it's not happening. Right. I, I, this is a set memory I created. I think there are times in life where you're thinking, I want to remember this. And you, you know, like a wedding women will intentionally choose a certain perfume, right? Yes, absolutely. That that was the perfume I wore. So we were, um, in England and we were in Oxford, which is like our favorite place on the planet. And I thought, I want to commemorate this by like buying a really nice perfume basically. And, and I remember smelling it in this very particular store that I had loved when we visited there before. And we were there a second time. And I was like, I could just spray it and not buy it, but I wanted to have it. Yeah. And, and so now I can barely put it on without getting teary eyed, which sounds very dramatic, but no, it doesn't. It um, sounds perfect. Which one is it? It's, um, it's by a company called, I think it's called lab. I think it might be called laboratory. I don't know, but it's called Atlas and it's actually a male and female. It's like, you know, for either gender Yeah, Um, and it smells so good. The best way I can explain it is it smells like chai, but then it has this deeper kind of leathery layer to it. It's magical. And my husband and I both wear it. Oh my gosh. I'm going to look it up. There's a, yeah there's a atelier in Galway that's makes candles. And when they started, they just made them in tins and the price point was very accessible. Yeah. I mean, they were still like $25 a candle, but now their candles are like 150 and they're, I mean, I'm sure they're worth every penny. I think we got one. Um, but next time I go to Galway, I'm just going to let myself buy one because it would yeah. take us back every time. It would be yeah. so worth it. But I talked myself out of it last time thinking, we'll be back here next year. I'll get it. Then the pandemic happened. And wouldn't it have been nice to have a Galway candle from Clune Keen Atelier to burn while we were stuck at home baking bread and all that other stuff. But I'm going to look up Laboratory and Atlas because that sounds amazing. <laughs> so those are your three. Yeah. Three that, come, that came to mind right away. Right. Well, I and I'm more, I'm sure I should have given that to you ahead of time, but no, it, it's fine. I wanted to find out. Okay. So I guess I would love to kind of, that was like the start of rapid fire. Cause it was a question that you were in no way prepared for, but <laughs> as you, if we kind of round out, um, the first part by thinking about like, if you could tell 15 year old Claire or maybe Claire in college at Wheaton, um, something to encourage her because now where you're at, you are living into something that's like so integral to how God made you. Is there something encouraging you would say to your younger self? Gosh, I think I would just say like, you actually can trust God with all of those very, and again, Enneagram four, you can trust God with all those really intense feelings and emotions and hopes and fears. Like you really can trust him. It feels like too much for you to carry Mm -hmm. and you don't have to carry it. He will. And you can let him. And, um, Charles Spurgeon is like my favorite theologian ever. Our son Haddon, his name is Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Oh yeah. After him. But, um, but you know, he, I was just reading something he wrote about a Psalm 23, uh, a sermon that he preached. And he said, you know, you really have nothing to do with the making of the road. And I just loved that. Like he's saying to the listener, you are not the one that makes the road. Your shepherd is right. Psalm 23, the Lord Mm. is my shepherd. I shall not want. Um, He is the one making the road. So just keep following him, you know, Mm -hmm. trust, trust where he's taking you. And, and there were many, gosh, there were so many times I have 
two master's degrees and I am not using either one of them the way that I thought I would um, in clinical psych and in theology. And here I am making candles. So welcome to, <laughs> like, welcome but, to life. But I think there's a lot of people like that, that, yeah. that pursued something for whatever reason and, yeah. and were afraid to trust for a while. I mean, that certainly is part of my story. It was like, yes, well, I love makeup, but who can make a career out of that? I don't want to do movie makeup. I don't want to work in a mall. So I'll yes. just get an English degree. And then it's like, but I don't want to yes. be a teacher yes. and I could try and do events for a while, but I don't want to work in events. And I just didn't, it was like, I didn't, I didn't trust enough. And I love that that's your encouragement to a younger Claire, that he, he can handle all of it. And the sooner that you are able to trust and kind of like, oh, what's the word when you, when you just like give up your, your desire. It's not even just for control because I think it's natural. Like we, we need to have some level of control to function, but when maybe surrender is the word I'm looking for. Like when you surrender your desires to the one who made you and who gave you those particular desires. And even if it's just as clumsy as saying, I don't know, I don't know why I'm drawn to all these separate things or why I, I don't know how all these threads could be woven together. Can you help me figure that out? That that often is the next step on that path that we couldn't see the whole thing of. I want to add to that. Yes, please. Um, just that I, I have also been surprised because it it wasn't like, you know, I got those degrees and then throw that out with the bathwater. And now I just make candle, you know, the Lord really uses everything. Yes. And I think that that is so important, um, because we can feel like, are these pieces just lost? And for, there were nights where I would be crying and I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. God, like, I know you want me to do the thing in front of me, but I, I feel like I want to make beauty and put beauty into the world. And I don't know how, and I don't know what my niche is. And I don't even know if I can do this. I don't, I don't know what this is. Right. Yes. Feeling like I'm 30 and I feel like everyone knows what they're doing. And I, I mean, not even, it's not even that I thought people had it together. It was that I thought by now, shouldn't I have found it? Yep. And I just think that's a really horrible lie. <laughs> yes. Thanks for calling it what it is, because that's because that's how we beat ourselves up. We go, I should have figured it out by now. And, and that's a lie. And the sooner we recognize that that's not how it works and to stay stuck there um, yeah. or feel like something is wasted. I'm glad you mentioned that too, because you, it, it wasn't a waste for me to go and get a bachelor's degree. Like the people that I met at school, the people that I met working at the restaurant across the street, like those things all needed to happen. That was part of the story that God was writing. So it's not wasted. And I, I'm so glad you came back to that to number one, point out that nothing is wasted. And that, um, that to, to be worried about like, why don't I have this figured out or whatever, like, that it's not, it's not true. Yeah. And, and God never put down the pen. I think I thought that at some points he had, yeah, but he never, he, he was still writing it and he, he will be till I see him face to face. There'll be an even better story. So, and it's not that from now on, everything will flow smoothly or will nope. be easy. And, but I, I have been encouraged as I've gotten older, like even just this week, Wednesday, I had a great day. And it was one of those things where it was like, oh my gosh, 10 years of hard work in this particular field has led to being <laughs> able to do this. And then I thought as I was driving, I was like, which probably means it's going to be hard again pretty soon. <laughs> Because that's just the way life is. And sure enough, the next day it was like a slap in the face, yeah. but I'm not hopeless because it's like, okay, so 
there was a high, then there was a low will level out. There will be ups and downs. There will be even keel parts. Like, but I'm not worried anymore by the extremes of things because he hasn't put the pen down. Yeah. Amen. I love that. Okay. So let's say that we could actually meet for coffee or tea. The (laughs) next time you guys come to visit your old alma mater and we can go to my favorite coffee shop is in Wheaton. I got to interview the woman who started it. Was my half of the sky there while you were there? No, you have to look it up. She, she has, um, I can't even get into the whole thing, but it's called my half of the sky. She raises awareness about human trafficking, her boutique. I have heard of of it. Yeah. Okay. It's amazing. And the, and her mission is great. She's so genuine. I am totally drawing a blank on her name, but I will put it in the show notes just because the more, more people can know about that place is the better, but say we could meet what coffee would you be drinking? Oh man. You know, I, yeah, I'm for a long time. I was a pretty exclusively a chai girl. Okay. I love chai, but I've been more into coffee lately right now. I think I would probably get like a cold brew with, Mm -hmm. um, uh, I don't want to give a plug for Starbucks, but they do sweet foam and I need more local places to do sweet foam. Cause that, I, I think it's magical. I agree. So listen yeah. up local coffee shops, <laughs> get on the, right. <laughs> I want to support you. Give me cold foam. <laughs> Seriously. Um, okay. When you're not creating candles or hanging out with the two-year-old, what kind of stuff could we find you doing? Um, gosh, it, well, we just moved into a new house. So for a while you would find me running around my house, like a person with their head cut off, trying to figure out what I'm doing with this space. But, um, in a more normal time, I would say I'm, I'm definitely a reader. I love to read. I love to read my favorite. I love mysteries and I love, um, I, it's hard for me to find fiction that I really love, like really, really love and can get into. But for me, mysteries have been doing that lately. And I read a lot of, um, creative nonfiction and, um, you know, Christian living, Mm -hmm. um, gospel centered books. So that's what I would love to do. Other than that, hanging out with my husband and my kid, I'm pretty boring. I feel like boring in a good way in the sense that we just like together. And this is the season that you're in. Right. And if you can say that coming out of a year with way more close contact than maybe like (laughs) 25 year old Claire would have envisioned having, you know, cause even even stay-at-home moms were like, oh my gosh, we can't go to play places. We yes. can't do stuff. Yes. So if people can say they still like being around each other, I think that means you're, you've got a good system in place. It's a good yeah. sign. Um, okay. So I love that this definition of self-care that I don't know if she coined this definition, but Kendra Adachi from the lazy genius says yep. that self-care is what makes you feel most like you. So what is self-care to Claire? Um, honestly, for me, probably some form of prayer journaling, because Mm. I think in my mind, things can get so cluttered sometimes, or I feel like, oh my gosh, there's so much to do. There's so much I'm thinking about and I can get wrapped up in my own head. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I think caring for myself well means laying it before the Lord. And in, in a sense, I've always thought of it like sometimes in life, you just feel like you're holding, I mean, is there anything worse than tangled necklace chains? Like, is there anything worse? I'm no, I'm, not, no. <laughs> I'm not convinced, honestly. Um, but so it's like, I get to hand those to the Lord and I have to say, I can't, I don't know how to sit here with a pin for 40 hours and undo all of these, but I'm going to lay it before you yeah. and I'm going to trust you with that. And for me, that's what prayer does is just saying, let me put this in front of you, Lord. 
And I just need to know that you're seeing it and I'm seeing it. And I just saying a way of me saying, I trust you. Mm-hmm. I, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, knowing your Enneagram type <laughs> that you just have a lot to process and work through. Cause you probably see and are aware of a lot of things. And yeah. so that I love hearing that. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite meal to make or just eat? Like if you get takeout. Yeah. Okay. To make, I, I feel like we've just had a long running obsession with sweet potatoes in this family, to be honest. Okay. I feel like I can add sweet potatoes to, I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say anything, but we love sweet potatoes. And so anything with sweet potatoes, we're fans of over here. Um, and to get as takeout, probably pad thai. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm a huge fan. Yum. And I don't make that at home. I feel like I've tried, I've bought different ingredients and then I've gone, no, if I want this, I just want a serving of it and I want to be able to eat it. So Thai is my takeout. If I can get it. I feel like I'm just never like, I just need to acknowledge myself. Sometimes there are certain dishes. God bless me. I am never going to get right. Right. Like I I will never make it as well as they will. So why don't I just embrace that support a local business and eat my pad Thai? Yeah. And make your sweet potatoes at home. But when it's pad Thai time, you support local. I love it. Okay. What makeup item can you not live without? Oh man. I feel like as somebody who is really fair, I went through like years and years of having horribly orange makeup because I bet you did. I was not necessarily accepting how pale I was. And I just felt like I'm so fair. They don't, I don't know if they make makeup that won't look weird on me, you know? Well, for a long time, I don't think they did. I don't think we had either the deeper or the super light ends of the spectrum. It's it's just the middle shades. And even those tended quite orange. Right. Yeah. You were, you were going to get some weird sort of oxid, you know, oxidization, no matter what, but um, yeah. Uh, super goop, their CC cream, their daily correct CC cream is like my favorite thing. Okay. Um, and it also has SPF in it. So we're winning already. There you go. I have recommended those products because trusted people love them so much, but I haven't actually gotten them. So now I'm writing it down because (laughs) maybe I have to get it. I love it. Okay. Well, let's, we've kind of talked about, um, you know, what you would tell 15 year old Claire. And we've, we've touched on some things that I, we want all women to know, whether it's about reaching out to get help for postpartum or not believing the lie that if you don't have things quote unquote figured out, then you're doing it wrong. What would you say is your greatest wish for women of our generation? Man, I would say that they would know the one who made them and that they would know what they were made for. I think it is it's in a way that simple and that complicated. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, know who made you, um, know that God made you, loves you, wants you to know him and, and know that you can't sustain yourself. I think we live in a world of people who think that they can, the lie is that I make myself and I make my future and mm-hmm. I make it happen. And the truth is, is you didn't create yourself, you were created. And so that means you get to be joyfully dependent on the one who made you. And as Spurgeon said, you know, you didn't make the road. You just get to follow your shepherd on it. Uh, so follow him wherever it leads. If you have a business dream and it never comes to pass, he's still good. He loves you. If this business ended tomorrow, he's still good. He loves me. Like there will be nothing that will ever do it for you. I could sell 10,000 candles. I could end up on Oprah, right? Mm -hmm. Oprah could talk about my candles. But if I do not have a relationship with the God who made me and the son that he sent to save me and the Holy Spirit that he put to guide me, I would be lost. Yeah. I can't say it any better than that, Claire. That's, that sums all of it up. So thank you. 
This yeah. was even more fun than I thought it would be. <laughs> you are so fun to chat with. Um, so we will put, I will put information in the show notes so people can find, um, find your candles, be aware of the upcoming launches. Cause you've got yes. stuff coming up for summer. And then in the fall, we can all enroll in wizarding school. Um, so we, but if someone wanted to go right away to Instagram, they would look for better things, candle company, right? Yes, they would. That is where they would go. And the link to my shop is in there and you can come hang out with us in stories and try to solve problems. So. Yes. I love it. Do the polls. We got to come up with a name for this, yeah. for this tropical desert candle. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Well, Claire, thanks so much. Thank you so much. Oh, friends, don't you feel like you have a new friend now? I love hearing from different creative people and then being inspired by what I learned from them to go out and spread some joy. And Claire certainly has that effect on me. I hope she has the same impact on you. Remember to check the show notes and my new Instagram highlight called Tea Time Season 2. If you're curious about anything we discussed, both those places are ready for you with links and more info. I especially liked when Claire explained where she got the name for her business, Better Things Candle Company. It's from the C.S. Lewis quote, there are better things ahead than any we leave behind. We can be filled with hope, friends. We can fix our eyes on beauty and on the light that can never go out. And that is good news. Make sure you go give Better Things Candle Company a follow on Instagram and let me know what candles you get in your first order. You're not going to be able to pick one. I just know you won't be able to. We are going to resume the question and answer portion of the show in our next episode. So I'm currently collecting questions. You can message me on Instagram at Trisha Clark Makeup or send me your questions. Remember, we take them on three topics, makeup, motherhood, and the Trish mix. And that's anything from books to recipes, um, anything you can think about, Enneagram, candles, music, <laughs> um, all that good stuff. Send it to Trisha at trishaclarkmakeup.com. I hope that you are filled with joy and peace as you go about the rest of your day and your week. And until we meet again, know that you are deeply loved and that I am so very glad that you are here.